We are back for another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. Jeremy rocking the uh, playoff beard. What's going on there, man? Little uh, little post, little post postseason carvage. That's all. Just a little, little bit of that. I'm not sure if I'll keep it tomorrow when I, uh, I head out of town to Kansas City, but I, I'm, if right now I got it. All right. Two things new on the podcast. From now on, we're going to do a running clock so we stay on time. And second of all, I read this on Twitter today. Apparently, people like a rundown. They want to know what's on the show today. So here's what's coming up on the show. Justin Verlander and his qualifying offer. Then we have our award winners. We're predicting who wins and who should win. Then early signing day and our final thing on the agenda today. Jeremy's scouting reports were going back and checking them from the bottom. So we'll we'll do an update or ask Jeremy about the 229th player on his list from 2015. 229th player on your list, Jeremy. Do you have it in front of you? I do not. Okay, um, good, because I do. No worries. I've got <laughs> it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, first thing we should probably talk about is Justin Verlander. I thought it was very interesting. He had a showcase a open workout for a bunch of teams and one of the quotes I saw was that he is ready if you're Justin Verlander do you take the qualifying offer from the Astros at 18.4 million or do you want some do you want a multi-year deal what what if you're Justin Verlander what do you think what are you thinking I you know if I'm Justin Verlander and I want to pitch till I'm 45 years old which is what Nine more years, maybe eight more years, something like that. Um, about that, I, I, if I'm him, the, the qualifying offer doesn't do me any good. I, there's nothing precluding me from going back to Jim Crane and, and 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 James Click and saying, "Hey, I'd like to come back to Houston, a longer term deal. Let's do three year deal, right? Let's do something like that." So the qualifying offer doesn't mean anything. Now, um, the Astros, for half a second, for those of you that don't uh, know, and almost everybody's listening to this show does know, if the Astros sign. Um, Justin Verlander, then they don't, the qualifying offer doesn't matter. Nobody else, they don't lose a pick. It's just, you know, it's just something they did to protect themselves. Um, the Verlander had his, you know, he had a little workout. He had a workout for teams that were interested. He obviously wants to pitch. Um, you know, he's going to come out and show he's healthy. My understanding was what yours was. And I talked to some people that were at the workout and it is apparently pretty electric. Now he lives in California, you know, GM meetings are in Carlsbad. Um, Carlsbad is a very pretty area. If you guys haven't been, my dad lives in Carlsbad. It's unbelievable. Um, but you know, he, it's really easy for them to see him. He goes out there, he does what he does. I think the market for Justin Verlander is going to develop as, as follows in no specific order. Um, I think you have the Detroit Tigers who are back in the mix because they're going to make a push to be good. I think you have the Texas Rangers who will make an overture. I don't think he ends up there. I think you have the Astros who are obviously in play. I think, believe it or not, you've got the Seattle Mariners who are going to be in play. I think you've got the Anaheim Angels who are going to be in play. Or I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I think you've even got the San Diego Padres who are going to be in play for Justin Verlander. I don't see a whole lot going on back east unless it's the Phillies or um, the uh, – uh, you know, national, well, yeah, Detroit, I, I said, but they're more okay. than to me. But I, I don't see the Mets involved in this purely because I don't think Verlander wants anything to do with that culture. What happens if he wants to be GM? Uh, then the Mets is, well, apparently the Mets would have been the place to go, but 
that's a holding pattern now for a year, apparently somehow, which I'm more I'm, than I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, we, Go. we can do this one for sure. I've been, I got so much that has been all kept inside and I'm well in, re ready and waiting to get that part out. So let's, let's move away. Anyway, let's go back to Verlander. Um, but Justin is, is markets can be pretty deep. You know, the start starting pitching is imagine that surprise, surprise, surprise. Imagine that coming back. And all of a sudden people think starters are valuable. It's no longer a, Oh, we got to throw 167 miles an hour for 190. Mm -mm, no, you need starters. Imagine Brand new concept in baseball, I know. And so Justin, as a Young award winner, healthy bulldog, wants to pitch forever and physically looks like he can still do it at that type of level. He's going to have a huge demand. Um, qualifying offer, see you later, not a chance. So you think a, a multi-year deal would for him would actually be yeah. more than $18.4 million a season? Absolutely. And twice on Sunday, I, you know how that goes. I think it's going to be three years, 22, 25 million a year. Um, you know, I think you could see him get something like Bauer got, maybe not quite at 40 million, because I think that's a, a cautionary tale, but you know, where it's a three-year deal where there are a bunch of one-year deals that, you know, maybe this time are a mutual opt-in or opt-out, right? So I think it's something that you could see him doing where he's got a chance to stay there. For our Houston people, I don't know. I don't know if the Astros would do three years for a guy who's 37, 38 years old. I would. For him, I would. And, and because I he's different. That. He's the out, he's an outlier. Bernie, what do you, Bernie? He's, you know, it's, it's, he's been temperamental, Jason. Mm. I don't know what's going on. I think it's the fact that I'm around too much now. Yeah. The postseason is over. Um, but, uh, do you have a, do you have like a smartphone app where you can tell your dog to stop barking or? Kind of like that. Yeah. No, I, I have a, uh, I, I would have no problem going with Justin Verlander. I would probably do two years in an option here uh, with the investing option performance oriented for guys like that. I'm a big fan of those because I think it gives people guaranteed money. I'm willing to pay a little higher in the AAV. I'm also going to protect myself on the back end where I have an out, but if the player is who he says he's going to be while they're asking for these long-term deals, they should have no problem meeting some kind of performance bonuses to get that extra year, especially at 37, 38 years old. So, um, you know, my, my feeling on Justin Verlander is that the Astros will make a play there. I do think somebody will guarantee him the extra year with the condition he's in. Somebody will give him three guaranteed and a fourth as an option year. Um, I don't know that he pitches till he's 45, but if anybody can do it, it's him. I think before the season or during the middle of the season, you've been mentioning the Angels. A lot. You still, you still think that that's because of the California <clears throat> connection and being close to L.A.? Is, is that – do you think that would be the leader right now as, as we, as we make the turn on, on, on hole number two? I think the Mariners, the angels, the Dodgers and the Tigers. Would the be Mariners. Why would you say the yeah, Mariners? The Mariners are prepared to spend. And, and I, and it's not, it's something where they, they have a, a minor league system that a lot of people see value in around the industry. Um, there's pieces they can trade that are for more big league ready controllable spots that they have, you know, to, for other organizations, not sure if there's matches out there to fit what they need. That's for them to decide, but <clears throat> that's certainly uh, something to investigate. Um, I'm expecting to be players on Chris Bryant. I expect Seattle to be a player on Michael Conforto. I accept expecting to be a player on, uh, you know, other options that are out there, both to fortify their outfield and to help their corners. So, uh, you know, Marcus Simeon, we've talked about coming to Houston. You could very easily have an infield where you've got Marcus Simeon at second, you got J.P. Crawford at third or short, and Chris Bryant at third base. 
very easily. The Mariners also drafted Chris Bryant out of high school, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a little bit of a tie there, especially with him living in Las Vegas, that could fit. Um, he just got finished playing in San Francisco. They're not out of, they're not out of the mix. But my point is, there's going to be clubs out there to spend some money. You've got the Giants who may hold some appeal for Justin Verlander because they're probably going to lose Kevin Gosman somewhere else, right? So you have some 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 options out there, some opportunities um, for for Verlander that he needs to go ahead and explore and, and reject that qualifying offer. Man, I'm fascinated to hear you say the Mariners. That is that is really interesting. Really my, interesting. My, well, my understanding was that Jerry Depoto did not. Um, was not going to sign an extension and was not going to stay as president of baseball operations, which of course he was promoted to, unless the ownership gave him a commitment to win. And, you know, get good, bad, otherwise, whatever you think of his job that he's done, you know, I have to give him credit for sticking to his plan. You know, he's had three different opportunities at this. He was the de facto GM in Arizona. He was a, a GM for real in, in Anaheim, and he's now a GM for real in, in Seattle. And I've always said general managers need seven years. I don't think that, you know, we've said that before. I don't think three years, five years is enough because it takes you a couple of years just to get it moving in your direction. By the time you get it that direction, then you have to have a couple of years to build it. Then you need a couple more years to see a reward. So um, he's in a position now where ownership seems committed to him. Um, they've given them their word, and, and I know what it's like having been in that organization when some they give you your word, you're gonna, they're going to do something, and they don't do it, and he's going to hopefully see that through. So I expect them to be players on, you know, it, it, look, just with Seattle alone, you've got Conforto, Michael Conforto, who's going to the, from the Northwest. you got Chris Bryant, who's from Vegas. You've got guys who um, want to – Seattle's a great place to play. Just no mistake about it. It's a great place to play. It's a great town. It's a great city. It's great fans. Um, if you have, a, uh, you're ready to give them a winning culture and Scott Boris is willing, and they're willing to pay. Scott Boris is willing to listen. He's got both Bryant. I believe he's got, don't quote me on that. He's definitely got Conforto. Uh, yeah, he's got Bryant too. He's got Bryant and Conforto. So you've got Conforto willing to go home. That park plays well for left-handed hitters. You got Bryant who has what I call world, world power, which means he can hit it out, out of the planet and touch the moon. So, you know, it's, you got plenty of stuff there that's going to work. Um, and, and, a, and a city that's going to be close to where they live. It's, it's pretty good. All right, we have 17 minutes remaining on the clock. Should we do our predictions for MLB award winners? <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm kind of thrown because I saw some people qualify for these things that I don't think should have been qualified. So um, I'll let you do it. I, I'm, for example, manager of the year in the National League. Well, I'm that's sure. where I was going because you made a very interesting, very interesting um, observation on Twitter about the manager of the year finalists. What was that observation again? Well, well I, what I said is for the national league, I said, so one guy gets fired and qualifies and the other guy wins the world series and, and doesn't and, and seems legit. And, and I mean that because, and, and take this for what I'm saying, Mike Schilt absolutely deserves to be in that conversation. He does nothing. He's not qualified to do it. That's more of an indictment on the St. Louis Cardinals to fire a guy who's been in the organization that long because he doesn't agree with some analysts sitting in the office. You can't figure out a way to keep the right guy in the dugout who's manager of the year. Are you kidding me? That tells you right, tells me right away there's something wrong with people above that level. That's and all the, and all the gold glove finalists and award winners they had. And you can't you can't keep this guy stop. He's okay. like a Brian Snicker for the Cardinals, right? Well, he's pretty, he was pretty good. He deserved, he didn't deserve to be let go. And this is all what I understand to simplify it to the most basic of terms. Some analyst upstairs got his feelings hurt. And so they decided they weren't going to renew him. Now, it's obviously a little more complicated than that. Um, but at the end of the day, 
a guy who's a manager of the year finalist gets fired, mm, I'm going to go with that's on you. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, Brian Snickers team won the world series. Now I know they only got 88, 89 wins in the regular season. And these things are apparently voted on in May, but the reality is, is that you have to turn around and respect the body of work. What kind of job did this guy do plugging in people like Rosario, Jock Peterson, who has become um, with all due respect, and I don't mean this anything, any negative, the party child of Major League Baseball, and you've got um, uh, Duvall, Adam Duvall, that gets plugged in there. You lost Ron Acuna. Oh, and Soler. Yeah, those some guy guys, who was the World Series MVP. Yeah, What's his name Soler. again? You got those four guys, brand new outfield coming into that clubhouse, and you lost Acuna, you lost Pache, right? And there was one other guy you lost playing left field. I forget which one that was. Um, they, the Azuna, Marcelo Azuna. You lose all those guys, and you have these guys come in, and you not only get this team to the playoffs, but you win a World Series. This guy doesn't even qualify as a vote at the end. What are we even doing? What are we doing when we're looking at this? And, and I don't know who voted on it. Frankly, I don't care. How do you ignore this guy? So you know, for me, like these are worth throwing out there all you want, man. What's that Eminem commercial where you have like all these different ones lined up and they're taking bites out of them? Now, I just it's one of those things. This is its own Netflix reality show. What's going on right now at Major League Baseball? You've got to be kidding me! It's the Baseball Writers of America, by the way. Hey, you know what? Hey, guys, Baseball Writers of America, Baseball TV people of America, hey, Baseball people of America, Baseball bloggers of America, figure it out. You don't go ahead. And I, good, good for you on the show, but you can't leave Snicker off that list. Sorry, guy won a World Series in the National League. It's got to be on the list somewhere. Let's move on. All right, so the National League Manager of the Year, Craig Council, Gabe Kapler, Mike Schilt. I have to give a prediction. Do I have? Or, um... How about this? Your prediction is what you think the baseball writers will say. Okay, I'll, here's not here's what my, you think. Here's my prediction. My prediction for National League Manager of the Year. Is going to be Gabe Kapler. It's going to be Gabe Kapler. And, 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 and that's because they're going to love the story of how the guy that was run out of Philadelphia. Wait, oh, and by the way, they, those guys decided to go ahead and hide, bring back Ochart and Travis Herder. What? Anyway, it, pr nice job, Preston. Doing great. Um, off to a great start. Anyway, um, slide this over to the wet to, uh, to Gabe Kapler because he's going to run out of Philly. Went over to San Francisco, did do a good job. Got to give him some credit, did a good job. So I think he did a better job than Council. Um, obviously, did a better job. If it's regular season only than Schilt, um, you know, but the manager of the year in the National League is Brian James Snicker. And I don't know if James is his middle name, but it is for right now. American League, Dusty Baker, Kevin Cash, Scott Service. You know, uh, for, everything that's, for everything that Scott Service had to go through, um, I think he's really high up there, but again, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be a homer, but I think Dusty Baker, when you consider all the injuries, all the hate, having fans in the stands, being able to navigate that ship, I'm, I'm going to go Dusty Baker. Yeah, Dusty Ronaldo Baker for me. He's the guy. Cy Young, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler in the National League. Um, Has Corbin Burns thrown a, a base on balls yet? I don't know if he's walked anybody this millennia. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna turn around and say Corbin Burns is my guy. I think Wheeler is second, Scherzer is third. I'm with you on that. American League, Lance Lynn, Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole. Lance, Lance Lynn. Mm. Robbie Ray had a really good season. Unfortunately, there were some big games he didn't win, namely down the stretch. But um, 
think I would probably go Robbie Ray. I think you got to win big games down the stretch. I'm, I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. Um, and I'm going to just because he's a, he's a Yankee, um, because he no longer has, he has short hair now, no longer has any stubble. Um, and he had to put up with that stuff in Boston. And yes, it it's Boston. So I'm going to go with, I mean, gentle, don't be offended. I, I just felt that. I felt that. Don't be offended. Garrett Cole, I think, wins the, wins the award. Robbie Ray is right behind him and Lance Lynn's third. Only Zach Wheeler had a higher uh, war among the Cy Young Award finalists than Robbie Ray. So Robbie Ray, yeah. MVP, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto. Hey, how old's Juan Soto? Is he still 21? Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis. Those are your uh, MVP candidates in the National League. Bryce Harper. I can't argue with that. American League, Vladimir Guerrero, Shohei Otani, Marcus Simeon. Okay, so this is where you get torn here. Because Shohei Otani might be the best player, you know, in the Most outstanding system. player, right? Yeah, and I, I don't I don't know. Um, the Angels didn't do anything, so how valuable was he? Like, is he the that's best like, player? That's like Andre Dawson, I believe, in um, with the Cubs, which I believe was 87. I'll look that up. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it's, you know, for me, the best player in any of these conversations, Shohei Otani, um, you know, the most valuable might be Vladimir Guerrero. I, I, I think your team has to be in the race to be considered for this award. Um, but so Vladimir Guerrero would be my pick there. Yes, Andre Dawson, MVP in 1987. Yeah, Vladimir Guerrero is my pick. I love Vlad Guerrero. On this very podcast, I had said the one player I can't wait to see, and I think that was before last year's season, was Vladimir right. Guerrero. Yeah, and he's he's not the best player in that conversation. I'll say that again and again and again. He knows that. he's a hell of a player, but he's not the best player in that conversation. What Shohei Otani's doing is unprecedented. So, and the fact that uh, basically Vladimir Guerrero had to do it, what, in three places? Yeah, I, I just think your team's got to be in it to win the award. So Vladimir Guerrero's my pick. All right. Moving on now, early signing day. Uh, you tweeted out one of your guys, Luke Moeller, signing yeah. with Arizona. Yeah, Chad Moeller's kid. Chad Moeller's kid. Son of Chad, Luke's family, but not just him. You know, there's so many guys that we've had the uh, opportunity to be around and impact and, and, and have them be part of our stuff that are, are having a step We'll call it a step come, you know, in, in their goals come true today. Very happy for all of them. Um, we've counted something like 300 guys this year that went in our, that have been in our system that are going to that committed. And um, I don't know if that is right now. I don't know if that, you know, I've talked to Chase and, and Chris and, and figure out, you know, what, how it's broken down by year, but this class is a very special class. Very proud of those guys. Proud of Luke Mulder, proud of, of Cole Phillips, proud of Pierce George, um, you know, uh, Cam Collier, I guess, technically couldn't sign a letter of intent, but he's not. Um, he's going to Chipola in the spring. So I think that's going to hold off for a second. Um, you know, but very, very happy for all these guys. Uh, and, and, and this step, Henry Bolt, he's another one in their, their step in their in their dream. Henry Bolt. Where did I see that? He's UT, right? UT. Yeah. Yeah. So Baseball America, for the folks listening in Texas, Baseball America had the University of Texas as the top rated incoming recruiting class or signing day class for the state of Texas. Bolt was on there. Uh, Jaden Duplantier was also on yeah. there. Right? That's uh, John John's cousin, right? John's cousin. I think Andre's brother. Yes. Um, Andre might be a junior there now, right? Is that right? I mean, Silas Arduan is, is my guy at UT. You know, he's yep. he's 
Those of you, I had people, I had a scout. Here you go. Like, we like stories. Here's a story. Ooh, I, a, I can't wait. I had a scout a year ago and I said, Hey, how's Silas Ardoano? He went, Who? You know what? <laughs> right? No, that face right there. I went, What? What? You know who? I said, you have, wait, wait, wait. You have Texas, right? You have UT? He goes, yeah, I have them. I mean, how many times you've seen them? Goes, I don't know, 20? I was like. Jeremy, on Twitter, they're, they're already proclaiming him like the greatest defensive catcher that program's ever had. He is, he, when I, he was in high school at a national cross checker who will not be named. Say, what am I not seeing? Like, why do you like him? So, you know, it's, you know, and of course, a ranking, well, two, two services that rank them, rank players, couldn't spell him, spell his name until now. Now they can. So, you know, I, I look at it and, and I'm not trying to throw a, a, yeah, no, I am. I'm throwing some shade. There's it's a big tree worth of shade right there. I'm just saying, um, you know, Silas is going to be, he's going to be an everyday catcher in the big leagues. He's an early round pick, maybe a sandwich pick, maybe a second rounder. If he hits it all, like he's starting to swing now, I can play himself in the back of the first round. He's going to surprise some people. We're back to Duplantier. Yeah, I uh, feel like I feel like you once told me a story about Duplantier, and I can't remember what it what it was. Was it when he was it his draft year? Oh boy, it was his draft year. So I'm cross checking in 2013, and I am uh, doing the Midwest, and I am looking for in theory, a reprieve of the, let's call it the negative experience that I had had supervising one young David Aloysius Moore, okay? And it was, when I tell you David Alo- Dev- supervising David Moore was painful, um, I would have rather had my eyelids torn off and pinned back and held open, right, with beaming sunlight than ever do that a second time. So, um, so Ben Coleman gets this area. Now, Ben Coleman is the national supervisor for one perfect game. And oh boy, this guy is going to be able to evaluate. Okay. Comes in. He wants to go get these little sawed off guys that are just, you know, obvious high school, no ceiling producers. I felt like I'd taken a step backwards in time. Like I was, you know, like, what are we doing? We evaluate for college. Are we trying to sign big leagues. So what? And I didn't say that to him. I tried to be very gentle with him. Ben was as hard-headed as possible. And I, I know that I know I have my opinions and I'm stubborn sometimes and we all do. And that's part of this game. When I say hard-headed, it was like, hey man, the sun, you know, the sun's out today. Nah, 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 it's not, it's it's raining. I know it's raining. Ben, like the sun's right there, it's blue sky. Nah, that's not blue, that's purple. You just know what you're looking at. That was Ben, okay? And so I go in to see a kid named Ryan Burke who ended up going to AM, Seven Lakes High School. Um, you know, I'm, I'm crying crossing off the list, doing home games in Texas and doing stuff. He's on, he's, he's a follow. You got to go see him. And I walk in, I walk in and I see this six foot four body, beautiful, long arms, athlete, left hand hitting. And he's on the mound, man. It's 92, 93. He's got an idea for a breaking ball. I mean, it's a little crude. He ain't, he's not polished and nobody knows who this dude is. And I live in, in, in the area over here i live in the katie single ranch area and so he's like literally in this particular time he's four minutes from my door four minutes like i could jog to school and jog back and get a good workout you know and i'm like ben like um you got to see this kid what do you know about the plant yet i didn't have the area of the year before so i didn't i wasn't on top of it you know i just wasn't but hey ben what do you who I said, oh, you don't know. Okay, cool. You just got here. Let me let me run this down for you. You need to go see him. He goes, oh, I'll get to him later. 
wait a minute, what? You've got an upside play, kids educated, athlete, at 60 athlete, big arm, feel for a breaking ball. Nobody knows about him yet. I'm the only guy here to see Burke, and I'm letting you know what I'm watching. You need to get in here, okay? Doesn't have to be tomorrow, but it does need to be quick. We got to make sure we get enough looks on this guy because no, there's no history on it, right? And Ben's like, yeah, man, I, you know, I'll get to it when I can. Yeah. Okay. So I put my, I said, Ben, I'm going to just so you know, I'm writing him up. Like I'm putting my report in. I'm going to put the bio in and I'm going to write him up. We're going to get him in there. And I fired him in. And I think you have the report. It's 2013. It's a pretty good report. Uh, I think I put a 57 or 58 on it. It was pretty good, which means, you know, sandwich round back of the first, probably like him in the second round, really love him in the third. And, um, you know, Ben finally goes in and, and Ben just wasn't, he wasn't having it. He was, big guy was 92-94 that day because I was with Ben when he, or the second time I was with Ben to see him. Ben goes, calls, yeah, so how was he? He goes, oh, he's 92-94, breaking ball has a chance to be good. You know, a little bit all over the place, doesn't throw enough strikes for me. I said, how old is he? He goes, 17. Well, how big is it? Six four. You think, you think you can start? Yeah, you can probably start. What don't you like about him? Oh, he doesn't throw enough strikes. I said, listen, man, not to be rude, get this perfect game out of your head. This is a big league prospect, right? Get rid of the nines and the tens and the eights and whatever those made up numbers mean. Guess we're talking about big league players. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I just, eh, I don't do it. Okay, so I go back and see him again. And now the buzz is starting to create in the area. Now I've got the bureau guy who now works for Milwaukee. His name is Craig Smarshula. Craig Smash. You know, we call him Smash because nobody can pronounce his name. Love, great guy. Former infielder in the Indians yeah. organization. I think he played with the Astros for a bit. Did. Yeah. So Smash, you know, lives down in Pearland. So Smash goes up and he sees him and he throws a number on him. And Smash is such a low grader. Like you could be like Barry Bonds and get a 42 on him. Like he just, he doesn't, he didn't like, he's, it was tough to get to really pass the test. So Smash goes in and he's 52, which is, which is an average, you know, and I'm like, Ben, this is in the system now. It's going to flag everywhere. Not just my report. All of baseball is going to know about this. Okay. And now people are running in there to see him. So we finally go back together. It's up to 95. Kid has no idea. Doesn't have an advisor yet. You know, they're from Louisiana originally. Dad's in oil. They got a little money. Kid's going to go to Rice. We go talk to him. Kid gets a little bit scared. Wants to go to Rice. Goes to Rice. Has some injury issues. Gets back out of it. I believe he's a grande liga right now. Okay. And this is what, that's what they look like. And so the bloodlines that that just totally deleted that from my, the pain and the suffering that I went through supervising those two cross-checking and supervising those two guys, I would not wish on anybody anyway. Um, so, you know, it, bottom line is the Duplantier bloodline is, is pretty strong. I expect nothing less from, from, uh, from this youngest one. Our buzzer was sounding here that it was ending, but let me let me give you this. Uh, you had him as a you had a final grade on of fifty five point six nine on him. Yeah, third round. That's where I put him, right? You said three starter in a major league role has feel for three pitches, best days ahead, athletic, physically projectable, easy velocity when he wants it. Now will hold it easily as he, as he matures into his body. Need to repeat arm slot release point to develop a consistent spin pitch, but shows it to you now with depth and shape. Not using his changeup much at present, has sell and fade with okay arm speed, deception when he does throw it. Football quarterback who hasn't devoted all his time to baseball yet. Signability comments. 
academic family, strong commitment to rice. And guess what your comp, guess who your comp was, body I comp. I don't remember now, but it's pretty good. Pretty, it was a pretty good player. So. Yeah, I mean, a guy who's probably known more for all of the teams he's played for, but the fact that he's played for all those teams shows that, listen, there's something there and there was something there when he was first coming up. Edwin Jackson. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, Edwin Jackson pitched forever. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that's who I thought this guy could be. What, what was his velocity up to that I saw? They have 90. Oh, crap. I just deleted it. I just, that's, that's uh, right. I think it was 93, 94. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. That was him. It was to me, this, this guy went even hard. You know, I mean, it's like Devin Moore and Anthony Alford. Like, what are we doing? You know, you have the most obvious players in front of you that are big league guys. This is what they look like, whether they work out or not as superstars, their aircraft carrier potential that can change your organization. The more guys you have of that, the more things you can do with it. And we, these two dudes were like, and I was like, I think baseball America had him at one point as their number one prospect in their system. I've, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but for some reason that, is coming to me. Hey, real quick, uh, because time is almost up. Bottom of the scouting report time. We're going back to 2015. Player number 229 on your list. This is not a slight. This is basically to say, listen, if you're on Jeremy's list, you could play, right? Like, you were a prospect. But we're always interested to see what you saw on some of these guys. In 2015, the last player on your list and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly. Matt Uresti, University of Oregon. Does that ring a bell? No. I mean, I remember the name, but I don't remember the player much. Extra infielder in your system. And can provide depth at a couple of positions, has some versatility defensively, but, a, but has a bat that doesn't profile anywhere. doesn't save enough runs to be more than a fill player. Okay. Life to his body. will have some durability, questionable instincts, but has some raw tools, Matthew, you're And here's the thing, Jeremy, he's from Houston, even though he went to Oregon. He's really? Yeah. When I was looking at looking this up, I was like, Oh my gosh, he went to St. Pius. And he played in he, I mean, he played in the minor leagues. He got a shot. And what where, what's he doing now? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I can tell you this: um, your comp on him was Mark Bellhorn, which is obviously like if everything goes right. Yeah, you have to put a comp on guys. That was my, you know, we'll see what we get comp. You know. Yeah. So he ended up being um, picked in the 40th round by the Cleveland Indians. It's the last round of the draft that year. Uh, and then he went to the Yankees. So he last played in 2017. He made it as far as high A, but I mean, and he, I think he switched to first base here, it says. That would have been 2015 report. So he played two years as a senior sign. Yep. Good for him. But he made it. Yeah, good for him. I mean, you know, he's the strongest guy on my list. Because he held up everybody on his shoulders. That's right. <laughs> we, Jeremy and I have been doing this for so long that we speak the same language. Uh, looks like he also played in the uh, Pecos League, which is not an easy thing to do. I wish I played in the Pecos League. That sounds like a fun league to play in. <laughs> 
I love the Pecos League. I love I, I love everything about it. So I know. I know. all right. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, I just I felt it was therapy getting that Ben Coleman and Devin Moore stuff out of my system. I'm scarred for life after that. that was ridiculous. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to say that. Uh, the rules of podcasting, like you know, the baseball thing. I know the television thing. We've tried to evolve into this podcasting thing. So I've, I, I see things along the way that, you know, keep the small chat, the, the, the small talk to a minimum at the beginning. And then I saw something the other day, give people a rundown of what they can expect. So, you know, you're getting the raw version of us. We don't really discuss what's going on beforehand. I mean, we kind of do, but I think you'll notice throughout the past four years that we've been doing this, a lot of it's off the cuff. And it, and really the quality probably reflects that. So I, I apologize in advance. Wait a minute, what are you apologizing for? I can tell you there are plenty of people, and you and I know this for a fact, who enjoy exactly what we're saying in Houston, out of Houston, all over the country. And, and we are very thankful for that. I am I like the platform. I know this is just me. I'm gonna talk baseball and I'm gonna talk about what's going on. and. Um, as long as I'm in this, have this ability to do so until something would something maybe change. But right now, I don't see it changing. So I'm pretty happy to be able to do it. Um, and you're going to get me. And so if it comes to, to Devitt Moore and, and Ben Coleman. You've come on. to the right place. <laughs> All righty. Uh, next week, should we dive into the Mets stuff you got? Oh, it might be dated by then. So oh, I don't... let's uh, let's plan on that. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And if you want to do another one in the meantime, I'm willing to do it. Okay. So, well, yeah. what's your? Well, we'll talk. We'll talk when we wrap this up. Yep. I'm willing to do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Another uh, episode of Extra Bases.